You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mao. What up, what up, Blasco? Yeah, <clears throat> here we are, uh, 120. That feels like a, uh, a milestone. Like, uh, yeah, right? I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the back all around. Pats <laughs> in the back all around. If you're listening, live tweet us. Yeah. In the last episode, we chatted about how to tour successfully. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. This week, we talk about innovative ways to promote your next release. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Hell yeah. So, Mike, I found uh, this article written by Kate McMahon on the Symphonic blog, and it is titled... Five out-of-the-box promotion ideas for your next album. And um, I want to say that, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily an album. could be a single. Could be, uh, um, could be a video, right? Could be something. But just to be thinking of different ways to promote whatever it is that you're putting out next. So in the ever-growing world of entertainment publicity... Reaching thousands of listeners on your upcoming releases require a unique plan. Thinking out of the box is becoming more important in every quarter as we progress into the age of digital streaming and internet consumption. As a listener, a few Fridays contain enough new music releases to last a lifetime. So how can yours make the cut? Well, we'll tell you. Number one. Memorabilia. Memorabilia in this instance is something that's brand specific, but still wide reaching. Developing these assets starts with remembering memorabilia that influenced your childhood. Gather ideas from yourself and your band, create a list, and then brainstorm together how you can turn those ideas into marketing products using your brand instead of releasing yet another t-shirt with your logo on it. Besides being fun and interesting, most of these things become relics that fans will hold on to for a very long time. Yeah, I dig this point for a few reasons. One is, you know, there's some real value in just the process of brainstorming. And I forget it sometimes because I'll go, you know, long periods without really just, you know, whatever your process is, pen and a blank piece of paper. I used to have a whiteboard wall and I just love that, you know, just like throw any and 
you know, no idea is too ridiculous. But the other part is that I that I like here, and you know, depending on where you are in your career, you know, your ability to create memorabilia, um, you know, may be limited. But it doesn't mean that you can't find something. And what I like is, you know, it's remember what made you into who you are. I mean, essentially what he's saying is channel your own experience. And and that means really a way to tap into what's in your heart. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what is it that made you you that then is allowing you to make your product? And how can you turn that into something that has a story? And I really just like that. That's what I hear is how do you tap into your genuine self in order to promote your product? And you and I both know that that's the best way to do it is to convey something that's actually real. Yeah. And I think something else to consider here too, is that uh, we're talking about something that's probably typically being catered to your Uber fan, um, not your casual fan. So maybe this is for a VIP meet and greet. Maybe this is for uh, you know, an album release or, you know, it's like a pre-order for an album release, but Think of something that isn't just so typical, like, you know, a signed CD and a t-shirt with the logo on it. Like what she's suggesting here is think of something that's really going to resonate with that Uber fan that they're going to brag to their friends about like, oh, I'm only a limited amount of people that got this particular thing. And um, so think of it in terms of that way, whereas someone will share it on the internet. Oh my God, look, look at what's look at what this pre-order item is. It's so cool and unique, right? So um, that is what I gather is kind of the presentation here. Um, number two, limited edition prints and presses. It's no secret that vinyl, uh, regardless of how much Mike hates it, has made a triumphant <laughs> comeback. But for many artists, vinyl is the only type of physical copies they'll release. Some even go as far as releasing cassettes for a real pre-2000s feeling. Just by themselves, vinyl and cassettes are great ways to release an album since they clearly outlive any other music trend. So use that to your advantage and create limited editions and or collector's editions for those who already love to collect vinyl and cassettes. Different sleeves or tape designs is enough reason to buy the same album twice. This strategy can be used in different instances, like in a pre-order bundle, a deluxe post-release album, a B-side album, etc. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, it's uh, one of those things where once you've built the fan base, uh, you know, and, and if they are into certain types of products. <laughs> I hate to say it because it does sound a little trite, but it it's like, yeah, you can go back to the well multiple times. But I think what you and I have found is you've got to make sure that, you know, what is in that well is still um, something that's useful and, and valuable and cool. And it's not just trying to milk dollars out of the consumer. Yeah. Um, and also to, I think, listening to your fans, right? Like cassettes might not be appealing to every fan base or maybe even vinyl, right? Um, or at least not the core fan base, but you know, ask them. Um, I think if we're talking about vinyl and cassettes, two things to consider here. Um, both are very much collector's items. I don't, I don't think a whole lot of people really 
play either as much as they're going to buy it because they're a fan. Um, but vi- the turnaround time on vinyl is exceptionally long, upwards of four months. Whereas you can get a cassette probably turned around in a week or two, right? So that's also something to consider is the lead time on making products, regardless of whatever they are. Um, and when I say listen to your fans, so with my Black Sabbath cover band, Zach Sabbath, that uh, we do, our first release was a vinyl-only release. We never put it on iTunes or Spotify um, or anything. It was just a it was a vinyl release, and it was limited to five thousand pieces. Um, but we got a lot of complaints that there wasn't a digital version, there wasn't a CD version, um, and you know, for whatever it's worth, the intent of doing a vinyl-only release was specifically to feel retro, right? It was kind of specifically to feel like we were a band from the seventies and that was the only option that you had anyway. (laughs) Um, but on our second release that's coming out in February, we listened to the fans and we made a complete package that included the vinyl. It included a digital download. It includes a CD and also includes a DVD that we're making of a behind the scenes of the tour and the making of the album. And we sold that as a complete package and we limited it to 500 pieces. So, but we, I did that because I listened to the fans because the, all the ones that complained that there was no CDs and no digital or whatever, I wanted to create a more comprehensive package this time around to cater to a wider you, you know, audience of our, you know, little fan base. So, and, the, and the underlying current that you're not even mentioning is you create a demand <laughs> yes. by the vinyl True. only one. And so, I, I mean, and, and the cool thing about me listening to it is, you know, you may have done that intentionally. You may not have, right. I love that you were trying to, you know, go for a vibe and, and while listening to your fans simultaneously, you know, sometimes you got to know where to stand your ground. And it sounds like on your first release, you said, yeah, okay, we're going to do it one way. And then, yeah, we're going to open it up in a different capacity. And, um, I love it when you can pull from those real life examples, especially, uh, with such a cool band as, as, as your, as your cover band. (laughs) Yeah. And, and look, and, and, and for whatever it's worth too, um, I will point out that that package that I felt like maybe did appeal to a wider audience because we were offering more options, that limited run of 500 units sold out in two hours. So, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pr- trying to pat myself on the back. I'm saying that by listening to your audience, potentially you'll get better results. Um, number three, harness your local scene. Many local run establishments love to support local bands that give back to their community in exciting ways like this. Have an elevator pitch ready and ask to speak to the general manager so you can explain why naming a turkey melt after your band Stale Bread would boost their sales and help promote your upcoming album. Another way to harness your local scene is asking record stores to stock your upcoming release in a local section. If they don't have one, pitch one. That's awesome. I I love the... uh... The turkey melt and stale bread <laughs> is one of those that you're just like, yep. I mean, what a cool type of thing to to think about. And I had to go back. I'm like, wait, what are we? What What's the title of this one? It's out of the box promotion ideas. And that truly is. It's out of the box. And, you know, um, 
I think that's where it goes back to some of this brainstorming stuff, even with memorabilia. What is it that's just, you know, what's the most bizarre idea that you can come up with? You know, is it having some guy, you know, how those apartment complexes have like the side, you know, the sign spinners? Like, what is it that you can do to to draw attention? And then ultimately, as I encourage any band that does something in sort of that limited kind of uh uh, I don't know what's the word for it. Uh, analog capacity. How do you capture it and and also present it digitally? So you know, if I was, if it was cool enough to to convince somebody to do their turkey sandwiches stale bread, how could you then translate that to the digital space and and draw that attention so people that don't step into the restaurant can also see like, oh, there is something creative here because I know for me, there's certain times that I, I will check something out, not only based on the attention that it's garnered, but by the amount of creativity that's gone into the promotion itself. I don't know about yourself on that one. Uh, yes. I mean, look, Steve Rennie, our, uh, our, our buddy, uh, he had a phrase that was, if you don't ask, you don't get. And in this ever increasing competitive business of trying to rise your music to the top of a very, very, uh, busy, uh, and, and, uh, fractured landscape. Um, like you gotta, you gotta grow some thick skin and you gotta be willing to put yourself out there and you gotta be willing to face rejection because these ideas are out of the box as presented, but you know, I, I feel like a lot of bands would be like, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself. I'm, uh, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I, I don't want someone to sh slam the door in my face. Tough, because it's going to be that one door that doesn't get slammed that could potentially put you in that visible spot that's going to make all the difference. So in this day and age, you have to be willing to have doors slammed in your face. You have to. Uh, number four. Get fans and friends involved. Your close friends and fans are obviously your biggest supporters, and they most likely would love to be involved in your band's success. Ask your friends to help spread the word about your new album by hosting giveaways. Build a scavenger hunt that involves clues leading to free release show tickets. Create a drinking game that mocks your band. Hire your friend to photograph your band or commission an artist friend to create the album art or a new shirt. Yeah. Picking off, piggybacking off of the last point Blasco made, you know, yeah, you got to be willing to get the door slammed in your face. Well, the way to, you know, kind of counteract that is to ask the people who want to support you, you know, uh, how they will do that because most likely your friends and family aren't going to smack the door in your face. Some cool ideas right here. The other thing, you know, as I think we've both found is ask your friends and family if they've got any ideas, like what speaks to them on how they'd like to help you promote. If they, mm -hmm. if they can't think of anything, Hey, well, you know, here's some other, you know, Hey, can you create a drinking game? Your uncle might be a bartender. Inevitably, you know, whatever it may be, it's, if you can incentivize people to kind of uh, be able to do it in their own genuine capacity, that's when I've seen uh, the best results. And again, you know, uh, 
there's nothing wrong with with mobilizing the people who are going to support you just because they love you. And that typically starts with family and and quickly uh, circles out to friends. Yeah. I mean, this is another way to engage with your fan base of like reaching out to them and see what people do. I mean, maybe there's something, you know, maybe their job is something that uh, can benefit you, or maybe it's just their hobby. Like maybe if they aren't a professional graphic artist, maybe their, their side hustle or their hobby is graphic art and maybe they can design a shirt for you or whatever. But if you don't reach out to them and you don't engage with them, how are you going to know? You know? So I think this is great and almost like an almost like no brainer head exploding overlook fact of like, man, you got to really engage with your fan base because at the end of the day, they could be, they could have something that's truly a beneficial relationship amongst the two of you or whatever. It's like they support your band and in the, and their support for you and turns uh, out into a, uh, a t-shirt design or an album layout or whatever. Um, that's hugely beneficial. And then how stoked are they that they're a fan that gets to work on you and then they share it with all their friends and, you know, and then you're the band that engages and uses fans for these types of things. It's like, it's great. It's, this is, this is awesome. Um, number five, give your release show a twist. Make uh, most album releases are complemented by a release show where you perform your new music live for the first time. With the right amount of promotion and ticket sales, this is an exciting way to throw a party for all your hard work. Consider hosting the show at a non-traditional music venue, giving your fans a reason to talk about your show, especially your album release show, can improve your future crowd numbers and build buzz. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is one of the things we've talked about many, many times is, you know, how do you have it all culminate in a really amazing experience? And, you know, I, I think the the more you can uh, create an experience that's genuine to what it is uh, about your band that you would like to convey. Yeah. The more you'll hopefully get people interested and walk away from it. Maybe they don't love your music. If again, you know, for some reason, uh, as we've been recording recently, death metal has been the genre on my mind. If your mom or your grandma doesn't love death metal, you know, how do you figure out a way or heck, you know, if you're in high school and half of the student body doesn't like death metal, but they want to support you or you want to incentivize them, how do you get them in for something other than just the music alone? Um, and, it, and, you know, maybe they just have a preconceived notion that death metal isn't as cool as we know that it is. And so when you create these events that have something for, I don't want to say for everyone, but that have a more expanded um you know, kind of repertoire of, of things to, to, for people to latch onto. Uh, I have seen from personal experience, you know, some really fantastic results. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Well, that concludes, uh, episode 120. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to uh, write us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? 
another fantastic episode as we round Woo. out the milestone of 120. Congratulations to you and to and all you. of our loyal listeners that have uh, been here from the start or have just joined us recently. You know, we've got 119 past episodes of... Uh, I would like to say greatness, but really Blasco and myself conveying our experience. You know, I am very, I'm going to just, you know, give a little thank for, I thank you to you because you're the one that, you know, uh, comes up with these ideas and searches the internet and finds them. And they're, you know, in all 120 of these, it's just, it's great to be able to walk through some of this stuff with another expert like yourself. So my man, let's keep on keeping on. If you guys want to find me, I'm out there on Twitter and Instagram at Michael loop and outerloopcoaching.com is the place you want to be. Uh, if you're looking for additional tools on how to take your uh, band uh, and continue to grow them. That's what I got. Thanks everyone. Peace. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.